Welcome to the podcast from Plum Creek Community Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. Thanks for downloading my dad. I hope as you listen, you are challenged and encouraged by his message. Father God, we worship you today. God, we give you praise. You are amazing and you reign forever. And God, we're just filled with grateful hearts this morning. God, we're filled uh, with just amazing, amazing memories of our years here at the theater. And God, you have been good, and you will be good. God, we love you today. We pray that all that we do and say in this next hour together will honor your son. God, we invite your spirit to just move among us this morning. You are a great, great God, and we honor you. Thank you you for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, good morning, Plum Creek. Hey, it's a little full this morning. How about that? think we need a new auditorium. Welcome to Plum Creek 1030 service for the very last time. Let's turn around, shake some hands, slap some high fives, welcome one another to church. As you are being seated, if you could help us out and, and just everybody move this way. Fill in, the, uh, fill in the open spots so that we can still get some people seated. In fact, if there's an open seat next to you, would you just raise your hand and hold it up until the ushers kind of identify that there are some spots uh, left for people to sit. Well, what an exciting morning. Of course, next Sunday is our uh, grand opening, November 17th, at our campus on the south side of town. Excited for it. Nine o'clock. New service times, 9 o'clock and 10.45. Don't miss it. It's going to be an amazing, amazing weekend. We are so excited that you're here. My name is Gary. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, if you're a guest with us today, welcome. Uh, Things are exciting and moving here at Plum Creek. And uh, we would love uh, to have record of your visit. We know there's a lot of great churches in this area. We'd love to have record of your visit. Just fill out the uh, guest information card. We'll send you a letter and a phone call. Uh, that's all that, that will happen with that. want to give a shout-out to our veterans. Thank you for serving our country. Can we give them a applause? Also want to uh, call attention to the shirt I'm wearing, I Love My Church t-shirts. We would love to have as many of these on our Plum Creekers next Sunday at the grand opening. So we're selling them. We've got all the different sizes now, selling them at the information uh, table as, as you leave today. They're $10 each. Well, if you've been a part of Plum Creek for the last few years, you know about this time of year we start gearing up for our Christmas fund uh, giving. And one of the ministries we've highlighted for several years is Project Rescue. And uh, we are excited to have some missionary guests uh, with us here this morning from Project Rescue. And to set it all up, let's watch this video. New Delhi, India is one of the world's largest and most explosive cities. More than 22 million people call this national capital home, and every day thousands more flood in, hoping to find work and a new life. But for thousands of young women, hopes and plans for the future are destroyed by human traffickers who take and sell them into sexual slavery. The red light district in Delhi is called GB Road. It's about a half mile long, uh, and there are nine to 12,000 women who are enslaved in the brothels on that street. 
we have an outreach center there, um, which is really amazing because that allows us to be right there ministering on a daily basis to the women and children. This outreach center is one part of a project rescue ministry called Suraksha, which means safety or protection. It's an oasis of hope in the midst of the brothels. Offering prayer, counseling, meals, and medical attention, the staff of the Suraksha Outreach Center seek to lead victimized women and their children to freedom through the love of Jesus. Because of the Outreach Center, the door is open for Project Rescue to take kids out of the brothels and raise them in loving family environments in Suraksha boys' and girls' homes. More than 20 children of prostituted women are now living in these safe houses where they're protected from human trafficking and are experiencing the love of Jesus and being transformed. It's just amazing to see children who are scared, who are angry, who are, who are violent, and then to see them pray and to pray for one another and to pray for their parents. You know, that's just the power of God to transform a life. The children also attend a local Christian school that provides them with a strong educational and spiritual foundation that's helping to break the cycles of abuse, shame, and poverty in their lives. Kevin and Lucy Donaldson help lead the Project Rescue Outreach in India's capital, serving with a passionate team of Indian Christians. Together they are committed to bringing the light of the gospel to one of the darkest places on earth. Please join the Donaldsons and their ministry partners as they fight for the rescue, restoration, and transformation of the victimized and enslaved women and children in New Delhi, India. God's redemptive love is alive, and its light is overtaking the darkness. guys do me a favor will you please give a huge plum creek welcome to some champions of the faith some people that are making a difference in this world for the cause of christ will you guys welcome the donaldson's Well, you guys, it was just about a year ago that Beth and I were able to be on the ground with you in India, seeing firsthand the things that God has called you guys to do and the difference that you're making to travel with you to drive through some of those very dark places, but more importantly, to see life in the eyes of those that you guys have been able to minister and to see God's uh, redemptive work in their lives at, at work in a significant way. Will you just? I'm just so excited that you guys are here that you get a chance to meet them, more importantly, that they get a chance to meet you and put a kind of name and face together with the ministry that Beth and I have been so passionate about and that our church is passionate about. Just greet our folks and tell them a little bit about what's going on in India. Well, thanks. It's so good to be with you guys today on your last day in the theater, and congratulations. Uh, this is really exciting. Uh, it, we got some church planning in our background, so we understand how significant this day is. Uh, God's been really faithful, but it takes a lot of hard work to get to this place. So we're really excited for you, and we're really grateful to be an extension of you. Uh, it's remarkable, you know, a church this age has such an extensive ministry. And, uh, you know, you need to realize that, you know, we're an extension of you. So your ministry at Plum Creek never stops. It goes 24-7. Uh, because you empower people like us on the other side of the world and minister to a whole different group of people. And so uh, we're so grateful for that. And one of the major uh, ways that we partnered together in the last year is with our outreach center. 
uh, in the red light district. And so I'd like Lucy to talk to you. She runs that down there and, and leads the ministry. And so I'd like her to share about what God's done this year. So the ministry in Delhi is about four years old. And when we first started going into the red light district, um, we couldn't find any space. So we would go and visit the brothels and then we would have to leave. And so from the beginning, we prayed that God would open a space for us. And after a year and a half, um, he did. And we were able to rent two rooms. Um, And so we were so grateful because what this allowed us to do is really go deeper ministry-wise with women um, and children where we had privacy, we could have protection. And so it was really amazing. We had a couple of hitches, though, because above our space was two more rooms. And those rooms were rented out to about 10 to 15 men. Men are only in that area for one reason, and so it was very disruptive. It's kind of like you renting out your second floor and walking through your living room to get to it. So we would be talking to women with children, and these men would be traipsing through our space. And every morning, they would leave things behind, and we would have to clean up after them. So after about a year, I kind of got tired of it. And I said to our outreach worker one day, I said, Tilka, when the landlord comes, tell her to kick those guys out. That way we'll rent the first floor and the second floor, and we don't have to clean up after them. She said, okay. So the, in, the next week when I came, I said, well, did you talk to the landlord? She said, I did, but she doesn't want to rent it. She wants to sell it. I said, really? How much? And she told me. And immediately something inside of me, ju- it just said, I just said to her, we'll take it. And she looks at me, and she says, do we have any money? I said, no, we don't have any money. I said, but we're going to pray because we really felt like this was God's divine time and appointment that he was giving us this opportunity. So we began to pray. And about six weeks later, a team of three pastors from Colorado came and shared the vision in in our ministry in Delhi. And they said to us, well, what what are some needs that you have? I said, well, we have one we'd like to share with you. And that was about purchasing this, this the, the, two, the floor above us. And they asked how much, and I said it was $65,000. And they kind of had a, a meeting, and they just, at the end of lunch, said, we'll do it. And we were shocked because we had prayed for over four years. We never really dreamed that God would do something so amazing as giving us a permanent place. And so um, we were able to purchase the property, renovate it, and on June 20th we dedicated it to God's glory and uh, to to minister to the women and children there. Hmm. So the significance of this, it's kind of hard to get your mind around this when you live in America, but that red light district is 600 years old. So there's been an active sex trade, and women have been trafficked on that street for six centuries. And we are the first non-government organization in history to have a permanent presence on that street. And what that says to that community is, we're here to stay. Kingdom of God has come, and there's hope. And it's because of you. It's because you give, because you pray, and because you allow us to be an extension of you that it's happened. And so... We're grateful. God bless you guys, and thanks, Pastor. Thank you guys so much. I can tell you, uh, after having been there, after having driven down that street, seeing the little alley around the corner where that building is that we helped them purchase, be able to see life in little girls' eyes, to be able to see conversations, and to see the ladies that have been rescued out of the brothels and now... Uh, living different, an entirely different life than they did before. Freedom, freedom. We take so much for granted. And it is such a blessing as a church to be able to do what we did when we were there. As a pastor, that's exciting stuff to do. And the reason that that happens 
is because we've made a commitment, and you guys have jumped on board with it. We've made a commitment that uh, 10% of all the resources that ever come through Plum Creek will go right back out. So every time you give, you're giving worldwide. And what an awesome, what an awesome way for us to be able to have now a visual of Plum Creek ministry that doesn't rest. It's always at work. And to be able to partner with the Donaldsons and to be able to have a relationship with them and to be able to see what they're doing firsthand is very, very remarkable. And so today, from your pastor, thank you. Thank you for being part of what God is doing in our church and through our church to impact this world. It's exciting. So here's the deal. They told us we couldn't do church in a theater. And I beg to differ. Seven years of this. This is awesome. Apparently, we do need a bigger building. I'll see what I can do about that by next week. <laughs> we have uh, been in this series that we titled Lessons from the Theater for the last several weeks, uh, just kind of gearing down, and this is the last of the last of the last here. Wow. It is a very happy, sad day, and we're so excited to be able to break this baby down and not have to set it back up again, but this has been home. And this has been good. And what at first seemed like a crazy idea, even when you heard it or got invited, has become a place that we're very comfortable meeting as a church. And uh, what we've learned is that church is not about a building. Church is about people. We do need to have a place to sit down. But it doesn't matter where that is. Because the heart that God has given us as a church will continue to be the heart that we have because we want to have his heart. And over the last seven plus years, this has been an incredible journey and an incredible, um, incredible life lessons, incredible spiritual lessons, relationship development, and a place where we've all had opportunity to meet with and experience a God that is alive. And it's been powerful. It's been awesome. I'm excited for next week. Don't get me wrong. But I was also equally as excited for this week because this is that moment of kind of the chapter turning, and it's exciting to know that God has some pretty incredible things uh, ahead in store for us. Beth and I have been married for 22 years, almost 22 years, and uh, several years ago when we celebrated our 10th anniversary because of my sister-in-law's travel agency finagling, uh, Beth and I went to the Bahamas, and we did just a great, almost like a second honeymoon. It was awesome. And one of the things that we did while we were there was I had a chance to go on this snorkeling extravaganza. And so we got on this boat, and there were three different stops that they took us to. I love to snorkel because it's just amazing how much life is just right there beneath the surface. And we did three stops. The first one was at this really amazing reef where there were tons of fish. The second one was a stop at an underwater set for an old James Bond movie, which was really cool. And the third one, this is the one I want to just talk about briefly, was a chance that we had to jump in the water and stick our head down there and and, uh, swim with uh, bohemian reef sharks, which was unbelievable. And so I volunteered to jump in the water first because I'm stupid. And uh, they threw these fish in this cage down there, and then all the sharks come over. And Beth, Beth laughed when I get out of the water. She's like, I wish you could have seen the way you responded. Like, I hit the water, and, like, as soon as you adjust and look down, she said my body just went like that. <laughs> like, like, let's keep as flat as possible, right? 
because there's these eight, ten foot Bohemian reef sharks, a whole bunch of them swimming around down there. And I was like, oh my god, like that whole part of the trip didn't last long. Like you're like, get me out of here, you know? Don't splash. How do I move without splashing? You know? Uh, pretty amazing experience to say the least. And some of you are like, oh, that's cool. Let me tell you something. That was an amazing experience, and you will never get it unless you go. Never get it. You will never understand what that felt like. You won't be able to. I could tell you stories, and I have visions of grandeur of being a good storyteller, but it's not like experiencing it firsthand. Beth and I have been to India. We've walked down those streets. We've seen the eyes, the lifeless eyes of those ladies that have been trafficked and so horribly abused. I've seen it. I've also seen life and eyes of little girls who've been rescued out of there. That's why as a church, we're going to make a commitment to help those little girls have a permanent house that they can never get kicked out of. But unless you've been there, unless you've experienced that firsthand, you don't get it. Here's where I want to go today. This lesson from the theater. There are certain things in life that unless you experience them, you haven't really experienced them. There are certain things in life that once you've experienced it, you realize that it's so much better than just hearing about it, reading about it, watching a movie about it, or seeing pictures about it. And I know that's true because when I read Scripture, when I read the stories that are so full in the pages that we read in the Bible, I, I, I just I, I fast forward and think, gosh, won't it be great, I've said this before, to be in heaven one day, and I hope there's a long hallway with lots of doors that, that we can all go sit in these little classrooms with the most incredible, high-definition video equipment possible so we can relive and hear the stories firsthand from the people that were there. You see, I, want, I really want to hear David tell me the story of when he nearly wetted his tunic fighting Goliath. I want to hear it. I want to hear the story, and I'd love to hear it in like 3D surround sound when the rock hits that big Goliath in the head. And to hear him fall. And to hear the army begin to cheer behind him. I want, I want to see it. I want to see Daniel in the lion's den. I want to hear Elijah talking about taunting the prophets of Baal. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you better start reading. The feeding of the 5,000. The little boy that gave the, what little he had. Peter walking on water. Lazarus. Let's, let's hear Lazarus someday. Talk about walking out of a grave. That's going to be good stuff. has to be very different than just hearing about it. To have really experienced it or been there on those days when these stories took place had to be life-changing. Personal experience is better, more exciting, more fulfilling, and definitely more life-challenging, life-changing than just hearing about it. How does this fit into what we've been talking about, these lessons from the theater, this idea of personal experience? You see, I believe it is exactly what God wants us to hear today as we turn the page to the next chapter in the history of our church. Because I don't want you to just hear stories about what God is doing. I want you to tell the stories of what God has done in you and through you. And the only way that that happens 
is if we as a church, as individuals, get to the place where we understand that this whole thing is so much more than sitting in a comfortable blue chair. There are some things that you just have to experience in order to have the full experience. And I don't get it. I don't understand how it happened. But somehow in the grander scheme of God's understanding of His creation, He said this, I want you to be involved in my story. I want you to experience me at work in you, and I want you to experience me at work through you. And there's something so supernatural that happens when we say yes to being involved. It's almost as if the Holy Spirit puts His hands on your back And somehow your walk with God gets fast-tracked like never before because something inside of you, your, your heart rate just picks up. There's something about being involved and staying connected and being in relationship with and doing life with these people that God has surrounded you with and in hearing the stories of life change that you've been able to be part of that all of a sudden your, your pace better quicken. And you better get excited about the thought that God wants to do stuff in and through us. My main thought, you've heard it before. It's been a theme. We actually did a whole series on it. You might want to write it down because I don't want you to forget it. Is that it's better together. It's better together. Boy, I remember our first Sunday, like it was yesterday, praying desperately that one person besides my wife and children would show up. And you did. And God is good. In the last seven years. You see, I get to travel now and I get to talk a lot about what it means to church plant and be a mobile church. And I don't just talk theory talk experience and there are times when I look at those like deer in the headlight faces of the people that I'm talking to and I'm like oh man there's this little piece that I wish I could give you right now because I know what's ahead of you and although it's very very It's awesome. Do you know what makes it awesome? Doing it together. When I left Timberline, people told me I was crazy. They're right. But there was something inside of me that just, it, it's God, there's no question, that drew our family to this town. I knew that I knew that I knew that we were supposed to be here. I knew it. And once that was so firmly planted in my heart, my number one prayer was that I would have a chance to do this with people that I love. God answered that prayer. And it's been an amazing ride. I'm changed because of it. 
I'm a different person today than I was seven years ago. Beth is an entirely different woman of God because of this experience. Each of my four kids, they own a little bit of this too. Doggone it, some of you got brochures that they hung on your door. The team that God has blessed me with, to serve alongside with, they're the best ever. But I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. It is better together. Let's have fun with this for just a second. Look at this picture. That's a pretty sweet car, but let's just take a normal, average, medium-sized car. How many parts do you think there are? A thousand? Fifteen thousand? How about 30,000 parts in a car? How about a normal-sized jet, like Southwest? How many parts do you think there are in one of those babies? 1,500? 500,000? How about 1.5 million parts? How many of you want to get in an airplane that doesn't have parts working properly? I know some of you work in the airline industry. Don't you love it when one of us stupid people, maybe you've sat next to them on a plane, it's just comical to me, and you're sitting there and the pilot comes on or whatever and says, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a delay. It's a mechanical issue on the plane. And you always get that one guy that's like, jeez, oh, can't we just go? <laughs> and I'm over there going, no! <laughs> like, we're 30,000 feet in the air. You want to just go with bad parts? That's a bad idea. Fix the thing. Nobody would get in a car with bad parts, speed down the highway, knowing that your life was on the line. This is so true as well about the body of Christ, about the church, about us, Plum Creek, right here today. We are just like that. Lots of parts, but critically important. That's not a Doug idea that we're better together. You see, that's a God idea. And he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate, and I want you to read this, and a necessary part. Can you say this one time? Say, I am a necessary part. I, am a necessary part. I hope you believe that. We are better together when you get that. We will be able to accomplish what God is calling us to do as a church when we live that. We are better together. There's a lot there. You are part of something great, and you are an essential, necessary, important, vital part. All of us make up the church. Each of us is extremely necessary. And without you doing what God has called you to do, we're missing something. And just as I wouldn't want to get on an airplane and fly 30,000 feet above the air or whatever, or ground or whatever it is, with parts that are missing, I don't want to do this church thing with parts that are missing. Here's what I do know. Eternity hangs in the balance. And I need all of us to understand that we're better together and God has called you to be part of it. Together, we make it work. Together, 
we touch lives. Together with God's redeeming work, we're able to help people to experience life change and to see restoration. And within the last couple of weeks, it's been so fun as a, as a church, especially those of you that have been around a while. I've gotten emails from people that are reminiscing about times when God spoke to them in the theater and just uh, occasions of, of, of God just doing stuff and being involved and helping and serving and doing all of these different things and how because we are better together and understanding how vitally important to our spiritual health it is to be involved, I've heard story after story after story of what God has done in people's lives. Being involved, just helping in some way. I want you to listen to this email. It came from Marie. Some of you know Marie. You last service people don't know Marie very well. Because she and her husband and her son get up very, very early on Sundays. They get ready to go and they leave at 5.30 in the morning from Aurora. And they drive here to the theater to help this place be ready to roll. And they've done that for seven years. Doug, feeling both a little nostalgic as well as a whole lot of excitement, I wanted to share with you some of my thoughts. This is my last time to set up and break down in the theater. 20 banners, 112 cups, 560 pens, 448 envelopes, lots and lots of water bottles, trees, which we don't use anymore because they... Did you know a dead tree could die more? It's a... Random thought. You guys wonder what's going through my mind when I'm up here. <laughs> Bibles, earplugs, disability signs, tissues, which are mostly for me. And last but not least, three theaters of seats to clean every Sunday for seven years. So you probably didn't know that unless you got the time change wrong one Sunday to come in to see Marie and her crew with some kind of very safe, biodegradable cleaner wiping off every single arm and three theaters were the chairs. Wow. She said this, I've said this several times before, but I'm saying it one more time. Well, probably not for the last time. Listen to her words. I would do it all again. Just to see the people that we have seen and many others grow into their own. I would do it for as many years as needed to see those we've seen baptized. People have been, having been accepted <clears throat> and being loved by a whole lot of people. Awesome friendships through our journey group and the people that we have served along the side with. Now remember what Marie and her crew have done. And she says this. 
once again, thank you so much for allowing us to serve at Plum Creek. It's an ongoing pleasure. Here's to many, many more years of serving beside you and the team. Because you see, he told us to be servants. And because Marie and her team and a whole bunch of other people said yes, you will have skin on your arm when you lift it off that armrest. <clears throat> That's amazing. If there's one thing that I want to do before we leave this place, it's with a very grateful heart say thank you to each and every one of you that have so faithfully been part of what God has been doing in the theater. To say thank you to our worship team that comes in and sets up the speakers and gets everything ready to go. To our tech team that so faithfully helps set everything up and make sure it's running. Solve problems every week. And to the crew that so faithfully serve week after week after week to clean this place up and get it ready for us. Will you guys do me a favor? Will you say thank you to them? <laughs> that is a message that must be heard. We are better together, and we're not able to do this unless we're together. And as we head into the next chapter in the history of the life of this church, it's going to require this at a whole new level. We have this welcome experience team, and they are going to rock it. Get ready. And some of you are already part of that, and if you're not, and you're not serving somewhere else, that might be a good place to jump in. I want to say thank you to those that have helped us have coffee. You have, yeah, huge. You have no idea what they have to do to work around the breakers that blow around here when you plug in like a hundred coffee pots all over the building. Man, wait till you see our new coffee pot. It's like 40 gallons an hour. That baby is awesome. Those that have loved on babies and taught our kids invested in our students. You guys, I had to stop for a minute and tell you how proud I am of Pastor Kyle. He's putting together a dream team. And on Sunday night, I stopped by to see the first service in our new building, which was the youth service. Almost 100 kids there, too shy, I think it was, I think, too shy. Plus the rest of the team that he's putting together. And man, there are some studs and studettes in there. If you're a teenager and you aren't there, you are missing out. And if you, if you like teenagers, you better get over there because our teenagers need it. And that team 
is going to change this town. Kids are going to come to faith. And they're going to be discipled because people like you that care for teenagers are going to say yes to serving. You know why? Because we are better together. If you've led a journey group or been part of a journey group, thank you. If you've built a cart or loaded a trailer, then don't want to mess with these guys in Tetris, let me tell you. If you've prayed during our services, which they are right now upstairs, and they will in our new building too, or prayed with people after, listen, the service goes beyond even the walls of wherever we meet. It's in this community as you serve and are part of what God is doing in our community. Man, Plum Creek, you might be on the move to a new building, but we've been on the move for a long time, impacting and making a difference in this town. Let me explain to you how it happens. You should run it out of time. In Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to watch what happens here. This is the beautiful picture of each of our lives. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and the desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger, just like everyone else. That's happy, isn't it? Two very, very powerful words in verse 4. But God. But God. But God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor that you have been saved. Jump down to verse 8. God saved you by His special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Look at this last sentence. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God's redemptive work is powerful. And when you say yes to Him, the process of your life change begins and you are described as a masterpiece in His hand. But it's not a masterpiece to just be hung on a wall. It's a masterpiece that takes action. It's a masterpiece that jumps in and says yes because we know we're better together. It's a masterpiece that takes action to do the good things that He planned for you to do long ago. We are saved by grace through faith, not saved by good works. But we are saved by faith to do good works. It's a very different way to live. To touch lives, to influence people, to serve, to point people to God, to bring glory to Him, to help those that are helpless. You see, there's power in investing your life, and that's what Scripture is full of, stories of lives invested wisely, understanding that we're better together and life and the world in history is different because of it. 
Moses and Joshua and David and that young boy that just gave his lunch. We're better together. And that's what we are doing and we're going to continue to do as a church. You know what I can hardly wait for? The day when Pastor Emily stands up here and says this. We do not need one more volunteer for VBS this year. As a matter of fact, what I need volunteers to do now is to go get more kids, okay? Because I'm going to have to say no to some volunteers. Wouldn't that be awesome? I believe it would happen if we all understand that we're better together. And the joy of feeling God at work through us to change a child's life. That's powerful stuff. Don't miss out on what God wants to do in you and through you. We are better together. What prevents you from doing that? I'll tell you what it is. Go back and read Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4, and you'll see when God called Moses to do stuff, he freaked out, just like we freak out when we start feeling like God's moving us to jump in and be involved as well. And the first thing Moses said is the same thing that we do. Go back and read it. I don't have time to read all the verses this morning. He felt inadequate, and it almost paralyzed him. Who am I, he said. God said, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. We're better together. Go. And so if you've believed a lie from the enemy of your soul, that for whatever reason you are inadequate, hear it today. You are miserably mistaken. It's not about you. It's about God. And the joy of it is he wants you to be part of it. We are better together. Well, when that excuse didn't work, then he also said, you know, I, I'm just too inexperienced, God. And my mouth, it doesn't work so good. And he went on with all of his excuses. Don't you love it when you go for a job and the employer says, man, I'm so sorry. I can't hire you because you're too inexperienced. And what do you, what do you feel like just shouting? Stand on top of the desk and say, how am I supposed to get experience if you don't let me experience it? Here's the deal. Promise, promise, promise. That will never happen here. You are not too inexperienced. You're ready. And we are better together. Maybe the enemy of your soul has told you because he doesn't want you to fast track your relationship with the Lord. So he's convinced you that you're unqualified. Same thing with Moses. I love the Hebrew that says, no, duh. Because you know why? Big secret. Everybody in this room is unqualified. Every one of us. There's nothing we do that qualifies us for what God wants us to do. But for whatever reason, he takes a bunch of unqualified people and he empowers us with his spirit. And in our hearts, we have to have to know that we are better together. When we jump in, it changes us, and it changes others. The last thing that he did is basically at the end of the story, he said, please, God, send somebody else. God said no. And it's the same thing he's saying to you today. He doesn't want to send somebody else. He wants to send you. And he wants you to be involved because he knows it'll change your life 
it'll change the lives of the people that you get a chance to do ministry with too. In John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. That's what Jesus said. Because I am going to be with the Father, he says, go. Because you people are better together. So the enemy of our souls tells us some really good lies, and many of us have believed them. I need to share with you one more email and two verses. And then we're done forever here at the theater. This email came just a couple of days ago. It said this, I told Beth on Sunday that I found our notebook from some of our first meetings in Fort Collins. As I was searching for whether I was supposed to be part of this dream of yours and whether I was supposed to make it my dream as well. That goes back a long way. There was, those were some interesting times. I was torn. I wanted to be part of something big, yet I was afraid. In one of those meetings, you talked about being obedient like Joshua. And I remember you asking me to be obedient to what God wanted for me. Little did you know that that is what, really, uh, what started me really seriously thinking about moving, even though I wasn't on board 100% yet. And then you asked me to sing Brave for your last sermon at Timberline, and I was still on the fence. But my heart was stirring, and I remember God specifically talking to me. I never say things like this, but I know it was God. He was asking me if I was going to be brave and trust Him like I was singing about. And then later that week, I was praying in the park, and I absolutely knew this peace washed over me there was so much excitement in my heart and from then on God made your dream mine in that email she also reminded me of some of the people that came with us from Fort Collins to help get this started do you know how many are left? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, it says this. When you start to be afraid, when you start to lose track of the truth that we're better together and that God has a plan for us, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. The last verse I never want you to forget because it's the heartbeat behind this entire message and behind this challenge for us to all jump in together and to do what God is calling us to do. It's Luke chapter 17, verse 33. And it says this, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will see. That's it. We are better together. Listen. Don't miss out on this next chapter. 
Don't be the person that listens to everybody else tell the stories. You tell your story of what God is doing through you to impact this city and this world for Him. You make the stories by saying yes and jumping in and being involved and knowing that as a church, I don't care where we meet, we are better when we are together. So Plum Creek's going to be on the move. Fine. We've been on the move for a long time. And we're going to leave this place, but we're going to leave with the same heart that we've had from the beginning. And we want that heart to grow in each of us as we understand God's plans. As he makes it clear for where you are to jump in and be involved, jump in and be involved. And we will be able to experience firsthand the beauty of telling his story, being able to confirm that we are better together. Will you bow your heads? Lord, I thank you for what you've done these last seven plus years here. I thank you for what Theater 8 means to me what it means to us that have been crammed into this place to worship you. God, I thank you for my church, for your church. That there's a lot we get that's embedded in the DNA of who we are because of these last seven years. God, will you solidify those lessons learned? Will you mobilize us now to our new home, which we are so appreciative of? God, will you take us to a place where now every single one of us will jump in knowing that we are better together, that we are your masterpiece, and that we're not a masterpiece to be admired hanging on a wall. We're a masterpiece to be mobilized to do your will. Help us to be that church, God. Help us to change this town like never before. Hundreds, thousands of people coming to faith. Lord, all the ministry to the children, to our teenagers. God, I pray that you will help us to change this valley for you. May your name be made great. May you do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine or ask for in these moments. God, you do it. We'll keep pointing the attention to you. God, will you mobilize us with this foundational understanding that we are better together. Our lives are changed because of these last seven years. Now take us, Lord, and spend us that your will would be done, that our church would be instrumental in changing this community. We thank you, Father. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray together.